Hello, Liebe listeners, this is the Other Bundesliga podcast, and we have a special episode coming up for you today, an interview with Radio FM4's Stuart Freeman. Welcome to the Other Bundesliga podcast. My name is Tom Midler and I'm here with a special guest today to get the podcast back on the airwaves for the first time in a little while. There will be some more Bundesliga and European football podcasts coming up very soon. We're working on a plan to up the frequency of the podcasts a little bit so you can stay up to date with all the Austrian football news. But we're also working on a series of interviews talking football with some of Austria's prominent personalities. And that is why I met up with Stuart Freeman for this very episode of the pod. Stuart is the nation's beloved English language radio host on Radio FM4's extremely popular morning show between 6 and 10. So he's the voice that many people wake up to hear here in Austria. And we know that Stu is a big football lover too. For those of you who are not in Austria, Stu spent many years on the airwaves in the UK as well. So we asked him about his connections to football throughout his various job postings in his life. And we started by asking him about the career path that led him to Austria. Enjoy. I started off as a record collector, uh, collecting records, and they needed a, a DJ to work in some sort of disco in my hometown of Blackpool. I left Blackpool when I was uh, about 18 and uh, went to work in Germany for the American forces, then went back to the UK and ended up in Wales, where I was uh, a DJ in clubs. And then I got a job on a radio station called Swansea Sound. And then from Swansea Sound, I went to a, a radio station in uh, Bournemouth, uh, and then uh, who both had great football clubs at the time, by the way. And uh, <laughs> then I uh, went to uh, Vienna to work for Blue Danube Radio, went back to Essex and was based in South End on Sea for Essex Radio. Uh, they didn't have a very good football club, I'm sorry to say. <laughs> and then and then I came back uh, to work for FM4. And um, that was the idea to be here for a year for FM4. And uh, 21 years later, I'm still in Austria. I'll come to your time in Austria and, and your, your life with FM4 in just a bit, but already in there, there's a lot of football names you mentioned, you know, growing up in Blackpool, big team in Blackpool, Swansea, Bournemouth and others. Who did you go to watch when you were a child and, and do you still support a team there now? When I was a child, the first football game I ever saw on TV was the FA Cup final between Tottenham Hotspur and Burnley. And uh, so as growing up as a very young uh, kid and uh, early teenager, I supported Tottenham Hotspur. I had all the photographs of the uh, guys from from Tottenham Hotspur, like Danny Blanchflower, Jimmy Greaves, another one. Uh, Terry Medwin uh, was also playing for Tottenham Hotspur there. And funnily enough, I actually met Terry many, many years later, uh, who had a son called Cameron, and he also played for Swansea City. So that was the first team I supported. But uh, 
when I was a teenager, I went with everybody else to see Blackpool play, who were uh, a pretty good team at the time. And uh, Jimmy Armfield was the the captain of Blackpool. Uh, later on, uh, went on to captain England, I think, and then of course became a BBC commentator. He actually lived next to my parents when he retired. So when I used to see my parents in Blackpool, I used to see Jimmy as well and talk football with him. Um, but uh, as I said, I left Blackpool uh, when I was about 18 and went to Germany and then somehow ended up in uh, in Wales, uh, stayed there for about 15 years. And uh, with uh, Swansea City being the football club that everybody and our radio station supported, um, I, I followed Swansea City and I got to know most of the players because they actually came into the nightclub I was working at. So after every home game, uh, first of all, we'd go in the players' lounge. In those days, you could mix with the players. And the opposite team came in as well, and they had a beer. And then I went to work, and then most of them came into the nightclub I was working Football at. Football was so different so back got... then, wasn't it? Especially South Wales as well. It's a great community down there. Everyone seems to know everyone. So that somehow doesn't surprise me. It was really interesting because even Dolly, the tea lady who used to bring sandwiches round at the end of the game when the players were in the players' lounge and everybody was mixing there. You're absolutely right. I mean, these days, as you say, teams arrive, you know, an hour before kickoff and then they're away straight away. But these days, you know, you, you got to know everybody. And uh, I got to know uh, quite a lot of players, especially the, the players that John Toshak brought down from Liverpool when uh, when he was uh, manager of Swansea. And at one time, Swansea were top of the what was then first division, you know, because of the players he'd brought down from, from Liverpool. But I got to know a lot of them. One of my best friends was uh, Alan Curtis, who um, uh, still is at Swansea Football Club. He was the second team coach for many years. Now I think he's something like life president. He's there at every game. Do you still keep in touch with anyone? Do you watch out for English football now that you've firmly made a life over here in Austria? I tend to follow the results of Blackpool, obviously, and Fleetwood Town, funnily enough, because an old DJ friend of mine is the pitch announcer at Fleetwood Town. And of course, Jamie Vardy came from Fleetwood. So I used to watch the results there. So I was watching the results for uh, Fleetwood, for Blackpool, obviously for Swansea. Now I'm here in Austria. And um, I tend to support uh, Tottenham Hotspur again. And because of my Lancashire connections, uh, Liverpool and Manchester United. But I don't really have a firm favourite team. Being a Tottenham semi-fan, you don't like teams like Arsenal or Chelsea. But uh, I've got uh, two hats on when I watch Liverpool play Manchester United. I'm there as an independent, basically, Tom, you know? (laughs) Yeah, just a a fan of the game, shall we say. I like this word semi-fan as well. I I guess I'd have to describe myself as a a semi-fan of Arsenal, actually. So I guess I sort of have a semi-dislike of Tottenham. (laughs) Okay, okay, yeah, I I, I can live with that. When you first heard about the offer with Blue Danube and you looked at coming over to Vienna, are you a sort of a big enough football fan that that you looked into the Austrian teams a bit? For the European football fan, maybe the the names in, in Austrian football are not quite as big these days as they were back those days. I, I tell you, I tried and I tried at the very beginning when I first came out here to to get into Austrian football because I am a football fan. And uh, I remember sitting at the Ernst Happel Stadium uh, one night uh, when I was here with Blue Daniel Bradio. And it was like a Tuesday night. And, and these were the times when the seasons were the seasons in Austria. So it was a November evening. It was something about, about minus 10. And I sat in a quarter empty stadium watching uh, Austria play 
Northern Ireland, and it was a, a nil-nil draw, and I was so disappointed. I, I really, but I did get into to Austrian football a few years ago because uh, one of my friends plays for Lask in Upper Austria in Linz. He's Australian. That's James Holland, and I got to know him quite well. And I got to know him through a guy called um, Manuel Ortlechner, who is also a good friend of mine. And Manuel, of course, was captain of Austria and. Uh, captain of Austria Wien um, and uh, we also it's through our love of music actually we all uh, know each other uh, we met at concerts so uh, James Holland and Lask and uh, uh, Orti from uh, Austria Wien and also Michael Hatz who I mentioned on air the other day because he's a huge indie fan and uh, Mickey yeah he used to play for the FM Fear football team and a couple of other clubs as well actually he's a legend at Rapid is uh, Mickey Hatz and uh, I think he played for Austria and he certainly went to uh, Italy and played for a team in Italy for a couple of seasons but Wait, uh, hold on he... I can't believe there's a there's an FM Fear football team and uh, why didn't I know about this when I was working for FM Fiat. That, that would have changed oh. a lot. Oh, I tell you, we were all there. Dirk Sturman, myself, Hannah Zeder, even Roly Gratzer played. So uh, we needed people who could play. We had Mickey Hats in and a guy called Christoph Kafer, who uh, works for uh, one of the big promotion uh, companies that promote bands uh, in Austria. So there was uh, Orti, Mickey, Mickey Hats, uh, uh, Christoph and myself and uh, all through our love of music and football, we still are uh, and remain friends. It's interesting, isn't oh, it? That's, that's brilliant. I mean, I know you're, you're very much beloved by the Austrian public. The FM Fear Morning Show is really one of the most popular shows that I ever hear anybody talk about in Austria. There's great music on FM4. I'm very biased, but I think the music selection on FM4 is great. So it's nice. To, I was wondering how, you know, I knew you had a friendship with James Holland. I knew you knew uh, Manuel Oslechner as well, but I wondered how that all came together. So it's, it's very yeah. cool that that sort of happened organically with gigs, you know, uniting your life and your career and, and their careers as well. So what kind of music, uh, what kind of gigs were you guys meeting at? Oh, uh, I'm just trying to think now. There's so, so many, many I guess. Yeah, so many we, gigs. We saw. Uh, the editors was the first one where we all get together because it was after the the, the, the FM Fear uh, football team, which you said you never got into or knew about. And I'll tell you why. Why was uh, I not invited it, to this? I'll tell you why. Because we lost every game with the teams that we played. And the only game we won was because we were leading 1-0 at half time, And then we had such a hailstorm and the weather was so bad that the match was abandoned with us winning 1-0. So that's why you we could have done with you, Tom. So I don't know why, why you weren't there with us. Call it a victory, a 1-0 match abandoned. It was actually after that game that... that uh, we all started talking about our love of music and then uh, Christoph said well the editors are playing next week why don't we go so we did and then from then on we're either Mickey Mickey went to loads of concerts and has his own r a radio show now on a very pr uh, small uh, radio station uh, in in Vienna one of the community radio stations and I'm sure shortly to be a guest on that program with him but we've we've done all the concerts together and the festivals the FM Fear Fre Frequency festival nova rock and many many indie band festivals so yeah uh, we're still friends even after that football game that's brilliant i mean i think the editors are actually fans of coventry city i think they're the, the sort of the famous musical fans of of coventry city which is my team in the uk so 
Ah. Um, so it's a nice, nice little connection there. But that's awesome if we've got, you know, football legends representing the radio station at, at some point. Well, actually, I, I'm not sure they played in that, that game where we won, but uh, <laughs> Mickey, Hatz was, Mickey Hatz was a stalwart of our team. You Excellent. know, the ex-rapid, the ex-rapid legend. But uh, it was Orti who introduced me to James. And I actually said to him at the concert, uh, he said, this is James, he's from Australia. And I said, oh, I said, what are you, what are you doing here, mate? And he said, oh, I'm just playing a little bit of football, mate. He said, you should come to a game. And I did. And that was at the time he was playing for Austria Wien with, uh, with Man- Manny uh, Ortlechner. And, uh, and now, of course, then he went back to play for Adelaide. So I lost touch with him for a year. They won the league title, then... by the way, that year. If he said, I just did a bit of football, that team, that yeah. team of James Holland at Austria Vienna, they, yeah. they won the Bundesliga. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, know. Just, it's a bit of an understatement from him there. Uh, I mean, that's the sort of guy he is, and he loves his music too. So, you know, they all, they always used to say to me that when they were on the coach uh, going to games, you know, everybody was listening to their own type of music, but he was the only one who was listening to the cool music, and that was the music of FM4. So I was very happy about that. Oh, good man. I did an interview with him for the Bundesliga magazine a couple of years ago. And uh, yeah, he's a really nice bloke. So I'm, I'm wishing him, you know, wishing him well. Like I think COVID didn't didn't help him in terms of timing with like getting back into the Australia squad with the, the big tournaments coming up and stuff. So yeah, I'm always happy. Always look out for him, uh, hoping that that when the international break comes around, that he's off to Australia to to represent the team again. James had quite a few friends who came over from Australia and uh, they, they were based in Vienna. And uh, one day he said, oh, one of my best friends in Vienna, you know, do you want to come and, and watch the game and bring him with you? And I said, yeah, sure. I said, I've got a friend that I want to bring with me too. Can you get three tickets? He said, yeah, absolutely no problem. So we picked up the tickets. Then we went to this place like the Silver Circle where you have food and drink and stuff like that. And the Australian amongst us liked his beer and uh, I said, well, look, you know, it's, it's like a fry sits platz down there. So we bet we better be careful. Uh, we probably won't get any seats. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Another couple of beers. So we get down to the crowd and there's three seats right at the very front. And this Australian said, oh, there's some seats down there, mate. All right. So we zoom down. We get the three seats. We're right in the front row. Uh, they're putting their beers on the concrete uh, wall around the pitch at uh, last. And we're talking to the fans and everything's great. And then the game uh, finishes at halftime. We go back up, have something else to eat, something else to drink. Late again, going back. The three seats are still there. So, hey, those are our seats. So we zoom down to the three seats, sit in the seats. At the end of the game, James comes over. So the fans are very happy and we're happy. And uh, we say, yeah, we'll see you uh, after the game, after you get changed. And it's only when we get up. And we walk away and I'm the third one to walk off the three seats. And I look at the three seats and at the back of the seats, it said, no for polizei. <laughs> so you found that the seats that were reserved only for, for the police who are supposed to be <laughs> we there. We saw the whole game sat in the police seats. Oh, wow. So uh, <laughs> you represented the, the police force for, for, one, for one fine day, at least. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, uh, you know that's why the seats were there. At least you you benefited from them without you know ignorance is bliss sometimes. At least, but, <laughs> and, and of course the Austrians, if it says police only, you don't sit in the seats. Well, nobody sits to it where it seats police only. But this Australian Josh, yeah, there's three seats down there. We'll we'll get those there. And he was really surprised they were still vacant at half time. Ah, oh, well, you weren't to know. You weren't to know. 
You said you sat through a cold nil-nil draw between Austria and Northern Ireland. That that doesn't sound too exciting, but you must have been to a couple of good Austria games in your time, whether whether that's Bundesliga games or lower league games or or even national team games. You must have seen something better than a than a twenty five percent attendance Austria nil Northern Ireland nil. Yeah, surely. I was I was uh, a few years ago when uh, when Austria and Switzerland were hosting the Euros. I saw saw quite a few games that they played there. And you know, uh, the, the last European Championship, you know, I followed them quite quite a lot. And I thought they did really well. And a couple of my Austrian friends say, "No, no, they didn't do so good." But I th- I thought they they did well, don't you, Tom? Well, yeah, we had a nice chance to chat, didn't we? Every uh, every couple of days, you and I would chat on the radio about the the Austria team games from from Euro twenty twenty, and I thought it was it was a big step forward for them. I was quite surprised they didn't look that good going into the tournament, and then you know played well in the groups, got a couple of wins, and gave Italy that really good run for their money in the in the knockout yeah. stages. And I think it was just nice for us on the podcast too, because I think we all found that people from outside of Austria were kind of looking on Austria positively for a change, and and maybe the the Austrian national team won itself a few fans with with the endeavors this summer so that was that was really nice for us i i hope so too because you know i i think of course everybody uh in austria number one is skiing uh of course you know <laughs> all although over the last three or four years you know it's not been as good as it has been for for the austrians because a lot of people are catching them up but uh, the austrian team always seem to take second place to, to, to skiing, quite rightly so. But, uh, you know, they have got a good team. And don't forget, you know, a lot of people complained that most of the team that played played for the Bundesliga in Germany. But, of course, that's, that's a feather in the cap for the Austrians, I think. You know, they're not deserting Austria. They're just good players playing in the Bundesliga. And that's, that's probably why the team Austria are doing so well. Yeah, I mean, I think when they're playing in the top flight Bundesliga and getting minutes there, then then that's really good. I think some people are just a bit miffed, really, when players are moving to the second division or perhaps just not playing there, but they're, they're perhaps moving to a German club and not getting any minutes. And then sort of good players in Austria getting overlooked sometimes for the national team. I think that yeah. just sometimes frustrates people a bit, but you're absolutely right. You know, if they're playing in the German Bundesliga and, and getting minutes there, then of course they're, they're strong players and they're, they're improving the, the national team. And I think, as you say, there are some really big names in that team at the moment and some, some quality players. So I hope fingers crossed for 2022, they can sort of put it together and they've got this, this huge, qualifier coming up uh, the the world cup is on the line the world cup qualification is on the line and uh, they'll be playing against wales so that's a, that's a yeah. big one for both of us you know another one it could yeah. be even scotland in the playoff final i want to just go back to the the footballers who you talked about who who love uh, you know the the footballers who are sort of united with their their love of music you've got mickey hats and co who are going to the gigs with you do you know any any music artists now who also sort of follow the football? Do, do you chat about uh, about football with any of the artists that you speak to and then you work with in the studio sometimes? Quite a lot of uh, uh, the artists that come in are big St. Pauli fans. We talk about St. Pauli. A few of the, the Austrian bands that come in are supporting the two Viennese clubs, one of which where we played uh, the FM Fear uh, football team. Yeah, Sport yes. Club and First Vienna, yeah. Yeah, and, and so it's more or less the football talk we have with the artists that come in the studio from Germany or from Austria. Those are the three 
clubs that they tend to support as opposed to the big clubs like Lask or Sturm or uh, Austria Wien or Rapid. Um, although uh, the guy where I parked my car uh, noticed I had a cap on with a Liverpool badge on, which is slightly soiled now. And uh, it turns out... <laughs> Turns out he's a huge fan of Rapide and uh, was amazed that I knew Mickey Hatz. And uh, now I have a very good parking space in my garage. Oh, very nice. <laughs> Most of the bands, I would say, uh, are not for uh, the the national teams. Of course, a lot of them from Germany, apart from uh, St. Pauli, are big Bayern Munich fans as well, too. So uh, uh, a lot of uh, bands and friends of mine in in Bayern, of course, are uh, a big music. Bavaria are big Bayern fans. Yeah, it happens a lot here in, in Austria, doesn't it? Get a lot of Bayern fans. But I guess just in general, Sportclub, St. Pauli, teams like that, uh, they have a bit more of a, a logical sort of connection with indie music. It's sort of more what you'd expect. Yeah, I went to the, to the, fight, the last game of the season a couple of years ago with uh, friends of mine uh, from the Van Freud. And uh, we were on, on the pitch. They were presenting something. I did a little bit of moderation. And, uh, and I've got to say, at that level of football, it really is good football and it's great to watch and the crowd are right behind them of course you've not got 50,000 in the stadium although they did tell me at uh, was was it at sport club uh, vienna was it there that that one time they had something like about 50,000 people watching a game how the hell they did that there i do not know but uh, the atmosphere at, uh, at the game now, because, of course, it's all seated, uh, was fantastic. And I really, really enjoy it. And you get a good view of the game as opposed to watching way, way back in the stadium. I mean, I've seen games at Wembley where I've been on the fourth tier up, you know, and you, you need binoculars to see the game. <laughs> You certainly get nice and close when it comes to uh, yeah the uh, Sportclub and Huavata from First Vienna. That, that used to be off yeah. this national stadium. So yeah, they used to have this historical pictures of that place with, you know, with thousands and thousands of people there. It's, it's incredible. A friend of mine wrote a book about Austrian football, uh, Johnny Morgan, and I actually took him to uh, to uh, the the ground at Austria Wien, and they had a guy there who uh, who who took us round and told us the history. And uh, there is an involvement uh, which goes way way back to the 1800s or the early 1900s, where it was I wouldn't say formed, but it included some British guys who were based in in Austria, and they've got. A museum shop at uh, at the uh, the ground uh, the generali arena there and uh, and it was fascinating to be taken around by this this guy who knew all the history of uh, austria wien way way back but th- there were some involvements either the duke of cumberland or something like that i mean we have cumberland strasse in vienna or cumberland park but I can't really remember all about it myself. But uh, if you get chance, go and have a look at the museum at uh, Austria Wien because it was really interesting. And I, and I think it, it did in the old days have a British connection. Uh, do you have any? Do you have any football shirts in your house now these days? Do you have any framed shirts or anything on your walls? Are you that kind of guy? It's funny you should say that, but the only thing I've got are caps and and. Generally, in the days when I knew the players in the UK, there wasn't the marketing that there is today. So um, no is the answer to that. I'm trying to think if I have got anything here. I've got a lot of things from bands, but I haven't got signed shirts 
or anything else. I've got I've got silver discs and gold discs, but I haven't got any football memorabilia. It's really interesting. A friend of mine has a couple of shirts that he wears uh, at games. He's a big Tottenham, Tottenham fan. So if we go to the pub together, he always wears his Tottenham shirt. But the, no, sadly, no, I don't have anything. And if I'd have thought about it in the days when I knew those guys, you know, I could have had a little side shirt from a lot of stars. But in those days, I think it was just the autograph book and that was it. But you've got a soiled Liverpool cap. So, you know, there's, there's that at yeah. least. <laughs> Which has been chewed by my dog. Oh, your dogs! Your dogs are famous as well with the the morning show. Everybody knows Stuart Freeman's dogs. Yeah, well, the first one was Amy. She exactly. died a couple of years ago. Yeah, uh, poor old Amy. I off. remember Amy. Yeah, she was lovely, and uh, now I've got Maxie, who's uh, who's two years old, and she's a Halloween baby. And uh, uh, yeah, we 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 do. I I want to tell you a story, a, a little listening comprehension game from time to time. So she's the new uh, Maxie dog. Still got uh, Archie the pet turtle, uh, but uh, Maxie Maxie is uh, is pretty similar to to Amy. She's very very lovely. And uh, she's a, a Halloween dog. And I, 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 this is no no joke. In the morning when she wakes up and she yawns, she yawns normally. And then she, then she does a howl afterwards. So it's a, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You get woken up by this every morning. Yeah. And she, when she wants to go out sometimes and she, she, she yawns and then there's a howl comes out. And I, do you know, I've had her for a while now. And I'm trying to 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 record her doing a howl to play it on the morning show. And every time I switch the recorder on, she doesn't do it. But she does ah. two really good ones before. So that's that's my next thing I'm going to do. She knows. Part dog, part wolf. I'm going to put you on the spot with a couple of very, very final questions. You mentioned okay. being a sort of a semi-fan of a lot of football teams earlier. Would you say are Austria a semi sort of national team for you now as well? Do you, do you get on board with the Austria games almost Absolutely. as much as you do with England? Yeah, absolutely. I always follow the Austrian games. And sometimes I'm watching Austria when when the Euros are on and uh, they're playing at the same time. I have one game on the computer and one game on the, the television. So I'm watching two at the same time. Yes, it's got to be done. Yes, that's the way to do it. Definitely the, the old double screen, get a projector, get all your laptops, your TVs. Yeah. Personally, I love Austrian music. Uh, there's a lot of great Austrian music that gets played on FM4 as well, which is one of the things I like about it the most. But if I can put you on the spot for a few tips, who are you enjoying at the moment? Who are you listening to? And perhaps who should some of our listeners go out and, and check out? Because there's a lot of people here um, listening to this who, who don't get Austrian radio and they don't have, uh, you know, FM4 is quite a unique thing, having this great indie radio station, basically. A lot of countries don't have something like that. So who should we go and check out for, for 2022? Yeah. Well, of course, there's a lot of lot of great Austrian music. I tell all my friends in the UK when I'm back, you know, you should listen in. You should listen to Austrian music. There's been some great music over the years. Uh, Naked Lunch, probably one of the big ones. Build a book, doing very well. Brand new album out from them. Cracked um, it in America as well. This uh, the last yeah, few months, haven't they? Yeah, that's really good news. Um, Hearts, Hearts, of course well worth listening to Mira Lukovac uh, does wonderful stuff Anger another good band um, I'm listening a lot to uh, to a lady called Joy Crooks at the moment mm-hmm. she's just she's she was one of the BBC's uh, artists uh, to watch out for she did a wonderful version of the Wanda Dies You and Me song recently she's got a debut out, uh, album out at the moment um, as I say lot 
lots of uh, there's too many i i'm listening to a <laughs> lot of austrian music at the moment and finding everything very very good uh really if if you're listening to this podcast in the uk or outside austria do tune in to us or look at our website and uh, just look at some of the bands in the top uh, top 50 or top 25 that we have every week or, or the top 50 for for this year and uh, there's some wonderful music coming out uh, Florence Arman is another one to watch out for uh, and they're, they're, they're all making it in, in Germany and, and that's good news for them because of course they're singing in a foreign language most of them yeah, there's a lot in English. Exactly. I think if, if listeners are hearing this, expecting sort of everything to be in, in Austrian and dialect and stuff, there is a lot of great music like that, but a lot in English too. So I think that's a great way to finish off this, this episode. Thanks so much for joining us and all those musical tips. I'll make sure to sort of link those so people have got a chance to, to catch up with some of those artists. But Stuart, thanks a lot for coming on. Thank you very much for the invitation. that was Stuart Freeman a big thanks to Stu for joining us he's the host of the Radio FM4 morning show and as we mentioned there it's really well worth checking out FM4 even if you're abroad it's a bilingual station where a lot of brilliant indie and alternative music gets the love that it deserves and there's great music from Austria and from well beyond as well so if you go online you can head to fm4.orf.at you can always listen back to the last seven days of music at any time so you can always catch up on Stuart's morning show and you can check out some of those bands the many excellent bands that he just mentioned on the pod fm4.orf.at that's it from us for today but as we promised at the top of the show we will be back very soon we'll be back in the long hall pub and kitchen in Vienna to record some podcasts and we'll get some regular other Bundesliga episodes out covering all the action from the lovable league here in Austria so thanks again for joining us until next time goodbye If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, please consider leaving us a review on your podcast platform of choice. That's extremely helpful to us. We also have a Patreon page if you wish to chip in a few euro each month to help us out. That's over at patreon.com forward slash other Bundesliga. Special thanks go to Gabriel Geber at Torn Geber Studios for this lovely music and also to the Gentleman Creatives for their other Bundesliga logo artwork. 